Hi everyone! It's already episode 131! Can you believe it? I've really enjoyed posting the extra episodes this month, although it has been a little bit exhausting. But it's okay, the end is in sight, and it really has been fun bringing such a wide variety of artists to your attention. I do want to mention that I have a Patreon account. My regular listeners have heard this so many times, but if you want to support the podcast financially, please go to patreon.com slash countermelody, where you can make either a monthly or a yearly donation. I want to welcome my most recent supporter, Maria, and I do hope that some of you will consider joining her in her contribution. Now that we've got the advertisement out of the way, let's get on with today's podcast and the very special birthday that I'm commemorating today. Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. As always, I am your host, Daniel Gundlach. No preaching here, no lecturing, well, maybe just a tiny bit of each, but the primary spotlight will always be on the singers that enrich and enhance our lives, no matter what is going on in the world around us. Thanks for joining me. This week's episode. Yes, my dears, that was Rary Grist, the magnificent coloratura soprano, who was born on February 29th, 1932. A leap year, baby! Let's see, so every four years she becomes one year older. By that calculation, she is about to turn 22 and a half. But by more reasonable ways of measuring these things, as in years spent on this earth, she is about to turn 90 years old. Originally, I was going to do an episode on black coloraturas, and that just became so overwhelming because there are so many good ones, and I would have just barely been able to touch upon all the people I wanted to mention. I may do that in future. Keep your eyes open and your ears open for that. But today, we are going to celebrate Rary Christ.
was her performance of the aria Se geloso è il mio core from the cantata Endimione e Cintia by Alessandro Scarlatti. That's a recording that originated in Hamburg in the year 1969 and co-starred Tatiana Troianos. And when I did a half episode on Tatiana a number of years ago, I featured one of the two duets that the two of them sing. We will be hearing some duets today. We will also be hearing some solo numbers. Rary Grist was born almost 90 years ago in New York City. According to a 2015 interview that I found with her online, she was raised in one of the first low-income housing projects in New York, and there were restrictions that prevented any music-making in the apartments. Her parents were music lovers, though, and they encouraged her... And she began taking tap lessons and also singing in school performances. She began studying voice while in junior high school and was accepted into the music and art high school. Thereafter, she went to Queens College and received a BA in music. She also co-starred as a 14-year-old in a Broadway play called Jeb, starring Ruby Dee and Ossie Davis. And following high school, she appeared in an opera called The Barrier, which played on Broadway and starred Lawrence Tibbet and Muriel Ron, who alternated the title role of Carmen Jones with her namesake Muriel Smith. In 1956, Riri Grist took part in a revival of Carmen Jones at City Center, where she played Cindy Lou, the Michaela character, opposite Muriel Smith. Shortly thereafter, she was cast in the role of Consuelo in Bernstein's West Side Story and was the very first person to sing this iconic song.
According to the interview that I saw with Rary Grist, Jerome Robbins was not terribly interested in her, but Bernstein was, and it was because of him that she got to sing the song somewhere in the original production. During the run of the show, she asked Leonard Bernstein to hear her sing a few other pieces. She did an audition for him on the empty Carnegie Hall stage, and he offered her the soprano solo in Mahler's Fourth Symphony. She recorded the work with him in 1960, and this is a brief excerpt of the final movement. It was Bernstein himself who encouraged Grist to pursue a career in opera. Shortly thereafter, she made her debut in a concert performance of Mozart's The Impresario, and in the summer of 1959, she was engaged at Santa Fe Opera and sang both Adele in Fledermaus and Blondchen in Entführung aus dem Serail. While she was in Santa Fe, Igor Stravinsky heard her performance of Blondchen and asked her if the next time he conducted his opera Le Rossignol, The Nightingale, if she would take on the title role. She said yes, and he indeed cast her when Washington Opera did the opera in 1961. She made a recording that was connected with that production, and ten years later, in a commemorative telecast remembering Stravinsky, she reprised the role of the Nightingale 
And here is one of the Nightingale's wordless songs that she sings outside the window of the ailing emperor. This is from that 1971 telecast. Another early recording of Rary Grist's is the motet Estuat Mundi Mare by the Italian Baroque composer Giacomo Antonio Perti. It's not all that interesting a piece, but in these motets, the Alleluia always has a little bit of motion, and it's wonderful to hear Rary Grist moving her voice around, which is what she always did with such great aplomb. Thank you. 
After her appearance in West Side Story, Grist was invited by Herbert Graf, the intendant of the opera in Zürich, to become a member of the company. She was very green and didn't really know too much about opera. Shortly after her arrival, Herbert Graf told her that she would be singing Zerbinetta in Strauss's Ariadne of Naxos, and she set to work, put her nose to the grindstone, and learned the darn thing, and had a big success. Zerbinetta was to be her calling card at many different companies and festivals around the world. Here's a live recording from 1964 at Salzburg under the baton of Karl Böhm. This, by the way, was the only time that Christa Ludwig took on the role of Ariadne, which she gave up very shortly thereafter, feeling that it was not a good vocal fit for her. At the very top of the episode, I played one of Zerbinetta's cadenzas from her big aria, but I'm not going to play any more of that. It's really easy to find any number of her amazing performances, both studio and live, of this role. What I want to play for you instead is from that live Salzburg performance, a moment from the prologue in which Zerbinetta seduces the young composer whose opera Ariadne of Naxos is about to be performed. The composer is horrified when he is told that a Commedia dell'arte troupe will be appearing at the exact same time on the same stage as his opera, going through their paces while Ariadne goes through hers. Zerbinetta pretends to the composer that she is very much in sympathy with his concerns because she herself is a very deep person just like the composer, and has no intention of destroying his peace. And he's completely beguiled and taken in by her. The composer here is portrayed by the great Sina Yurinats, who was one of a handful of the truly great exponents of this role.
Strauss would continue to be one of the primary opera composers whose music Rary Grist would sing with a great deal of success. The other was Mozart. Now, often when people talk about a Mozart Strauss singer, they're talking about someone like Lisa della Casa or Gundula Janowitz, who sing the bigger soprano roles. But Rary Grist never ventured outside of the soubrette territory. She knew what her limits were, vocally speaking, and she really never exceeded them. What this meant is that she had real vocal longevity and technical integrity that allowed her to sing these roles over the course of her entire career. One of her early Mozart successes was as Blondchen, the soubrette role in Mozart's Die Entführung aus dem Serail, The Abduction from the Seraglio. She appeared at the Salzburg Festival in 1967 singing this role, and it is preserved both in an audio recording and in a live video of that production. This is the beginning of Act Two, in which she sings the perennial favorite Durch Zärtlichkeit, Zubin Mehta here conducts the Vienna Philharmonic. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
around this time, Riri Grist also made her Met debut in 1966, singing Rosina in the soprano version of Rossini's Barbara Seville. The big first act aria, Una Voce Poco Fa, was reissued recently on an album put out by the Met called Black Voices Rise, African-American Artists at the Met, 1955 through 1985. What I'm going to play you today is, from that same performance, the second act, so-called lesson aria, Contro un cor. most successful Mozart portrayals and performances. Despina was a role that she played with enormous success, and it suited her down to a T. 
I'm going to play you a live performance from Munich in 1978 that was conducted by Wolfgang Savalisch. This is Despina's first act aria in Uomini in Soldati, where she tries to console the two mourning sisters, Fior di Ligi and Dorabella, whose lovers have apparently just left for war. And she's portraying to these two sisters just what Cad's men are and why they should never be trusted. From another of her studio recordings, here's Riri Grist singing the wonderful La Mero Sarò Costante from Mozart's Il Re Pastore. This recording was made in 1967 and co-stars Lucia Pop, Arlene Saunders, Luigi Alva and Nicola Monti. It's led by the Australian conductor Dennis Vaughan.
Sometimes soubrettes acquire a reputation of having somewhat faulty technique. I think it's been clear, especially from that last example, that Rary Grist had impeccable technique. A further example of that is this brief excerpt from one of Mozart's most daunting, daunting, daunting concert arias. Vorrei spiegarvi, oddio. This is a live performance from Salzburg in the summer of 1965, and Bernhard Palmgartner conducts the Camerata Academica. In late 1967, Rary Grist was engaged 
by RCA Records to record a new version of Mozart's brief comic opera, The Empresario. Astute listeners may remember that she made her first operatic appearance in this very piece, but, in fact, in the other part, for there are two warring prima donnas in this piece. Andre Previn was the conductor, and his then-wife, Dory Langdon Previn, contributed a new English-language libretto for this recording. Grist's co-stars are two of my very favorite singers, Judith Raskin and the Welsh tenor Richard Lewis. After each of the sopranos sings her party piece, the two of them get into a struggle of egos, let's put it that way, and each one seeks to put down the other one, both by means of attacking her rival's failing voice and her encroaching years. Richard Lewis portrays a wealthy banker who is underwriting the performance in which both of these dueling divas are to appear. He seeks in vain to maintain the peace. My ladies, you are both 
Rary Grist sang the other quote-unquote Ina roles of Mozart's with equal skill and charm. Zerlina was among those, but the role that I'm going to play for you today is a brief excerpt from her Susanna, as it was performed in Vienna in April 1967. This is the so-called letter duet in which the Countess and Susanna hatch their plot to capture the Count in his unsavory philanderings, which he is directing towards his wife's servant, Susanna, even on the eve of Susanna's wedding day. The Countess in this performance that is conducted by Karl Böhm is another one of my very favorite singers whom I've not featured enough on the podcast. That is the delectable Viennese soprano, Hilde Guden.
Riri Grist also was incredibly charming and effective in the Italian Ina roles as well, including roles in Donizetti's comedies L'Elisir d'Amore and Don Pasquale. I'm going to play you brief duets from both of those operas. First, in a performance from the San Francisco Opera, which starred the young Luciano Pavarotti opposite Rary Grist, we have Chedia Laura Lusinghiera. This performance took place in October 1969. Thank you. 
Worldwide, she has lived out the majority of her life in Germany. A topic that I return to time and time again is the question of African American singers who relocated primarily to German speaking Europe to further their careers through engagements and opportunities that simply were not available to them in the United States. In 1972, Rary Grist appeared in a German-language television film of Donizetti's Don Pasquale, where she appeared opposite Oscar Cervenka, Hermann Prey, and the Peruvian tenor Luigi Alva. This is their third act duet, known in Italian as Tornami a dir che mani. In German, it's called Lass dir noch einmal sagen. The Radio Symphonie Orchestra of Berlin is conducted by the Swiss conductor Silvio Varviso.
While she didn't sing a lot of French repertoire, Rary Grist also had a great aplomb with music in this language and of this musical style. I don't know exactly where this live performance of the bell song from Lacme derives, but I suspect it's the late 60s. At any rate, it's wonderful, and I'm just going to play you the second half of the piece. song recitals, but that was primarily because there simply wasn't enough time to do them. When she did sing this repertoire, she sang it again with great skill and taste and charm. I know I keep on using these words over and over, but it describes her so accurately. Here is a performance of Claude Debussy's early setting of Paul Verlaine's poem Claire de Lune. A collection of four of Debussy's earliest songs were published after Debussy's death under the title Quatre Chansons de Jeunesse, and they were often performed as if they were a discrete set. In fact, 
there were a good probably three dozen other songs in this same musical style, of which those quatre chansons de jeunesse were but four. This is the most placidly lyrical of those four songs. There weren't a lot of Verdi roles for Rary Grist, but one of her big successes worldwide was Oscar in Un Ballo in Maschera, which she sang many different venues and also recorded twice. From the second recording she made of this role under the patan of Riccardo Muti in 1975, here is Saper Forreste.
1967, Barry Grist did record the role of Gilda in Rigoletto, which is a role that she sang, I think, fairly often on the operatic stage. There's a long tradition for the lightest of voices taking on this role. Singers like Madi Mesplé, Lina Pagliugi, Roberta Peters, and others. Others feel that Gilda should be sung by a typical Verdi soprano, the type that takes on Leonora in Trovatore, or Louisa Miller, for instance. I tend to prefer a bigger lyric voice with, of course, the requisite coloratura capabilities required for this role. But I have to say, the past couple days, I've been listening to Rary Grist's recording opposite Nicolai Gedda and Cornell McNeil that was made in Rome in 1967. And though it was not well received at the time it was released, but I have to say, I think that her superb technical control which allows her to sing beautifully in tune and with wonderfully graded dynamics, makes her, among the light-voiced Gildas, one of the very, very best that I've heard. The duets with Cornell McNeil are very good, but because one of my newest listeners is such a big fan of Nicolai Gedda, I'm going to play you instead the second-act duet between the Duke and Gilda. E il sol dell'anima. The conductor is Francesco Molinari Pradelli, along with Gianandrea Gavazzeni and Lamberto Gardelli, one of the very best of the Italian maestri of the 60s and 70s. Oh! 
We're going to end the episode today with several examples of Rary Grist singing the music of Richard Strauss, for which she was ideally suited. Seems like we've been hearing a lot of the Brentano leader on the podcast recently. I'm going to offer you the first of that set of six songs today, a song in praise of the night, An die Nacht. This is a live radio recording made in Torino in January 1964. The conductor is Mario Rossi. I love when Rary Grist has an opportunity to spin out long lyrical lines because she does it with a skill that not all coloraturas possess. In 1971, the Bayerische Staatsoper in Munich presented 
a new production of Richard Strauss's less frequently performed opera, Die Schweigsame Frau. The plot of this opera has very much in common with Donizetti's Don Pasquale. A miserly old man is tricked into marrying an apparently demure young woman who is, unbeknownst to him, betrothed to, or in this case, married to, his own nephew, whom he has disinherited because of his disapproval of his nephew's sweetheart, or in this case, wife. Once the phony marriage ceremony is concluded, the demure woman is transformed into a harridan that sends the old man running for cover. In the end, he restores his nephew's inheritance and acknowledges that it was all in good fun, even if it actually wasn't. In the version created for Strauss by the librettist and novelist Stefan Zweig, the characters are Sir Morosus, a retired sea captain, his nephew Henry, and Aminta, Henry's wife. The central premise of this libretto is that Sir Morosus demands absolute silence in his home, and Aminta, who is presented to him under the alias Timidia, appears to be a woman who will adhere to those requirements. In this scene, the formerly silent woman, Timidia, bursts into a sudden fit, screaming that things are not nearly quiet enough, which sends Morosus running for cover. This performance features also as Morosus, the German bass Kurt Böhme, and as his nephew Henry, the American tenor Donald Grobe. Wolfgang Savalisch is conducting the Bayerische Staatsorchester. <laughs> Ja, 
Leonard Bernstein was very faithful to Rary Grist and often engaged her when he was conducting operas and concert works for which she was particularly qualified. The most important of these was his first performance of Richard Strauss's Der Rosenkavalier, which he conducted for the first time in Vienna in 1968. He had a great, if idiosyncratic, cast. Christa Ludwig was the marshalin in another of her soprano assumptions. The budding Welsh dramatic soprano Gwyneth Jones was the Octavian, and Walter Berry, Christa Ludwig's soon-to-be ex-husband, was the Baron Ochs. The studio recording that was made in conjunction with this production starred Lucia Pop as Sophie instead of Rary Grist, but we do have the live recording of the premiere in Vienna in April 1968. And not just in celebration of Rary Grist's birthday, but also in memory of Christa Ludwig, who died almost a year ago now, I'm going to play the trio from the end of the opera, in which the marshalin relinquishes her young lover, Octavian, so that he can marry Sophie, with whom he has quite suddenly fallen in love. The tempo here is enormously slow. You know Leonard Bernstein. Nobody was self-indulgent the way that he was. Normally, I really have a very hard time with these excruciatingly slow tempi, but I'm willing to cut him some slack. And unlike many singers who take on these roles, these three singers know how to sing a legato line without swooping and whooping all over the place, which is why Bernstein's sentimentality does not become overbearing.
Well, my dear friends, it's time to wind up the episode, and I'm going to close it with another excerpt from Die Schweigsame Frau. This is the music that concludes the second act of the opera. After Morosus has retreated in defeat, the act concludes with Henry praising Aminta for her assumption of the nasty, vicious woman, and Aminta expresses regret that she had to treat the old man so badly, and she says, I did it for love of you. We hear Morosus's voice in the background as he sinks into slumber on a low D, as Aminta repeats over and over to Henry, thank you, thank you for everything that you have done for me. And I would like to reverse those thanks and offer them to Rary Grist for her exquisite voice and artistry over many years and for her dedication as a teacher and a standard bearer for this art form, which we love so much. Happy birthday to you, Rary Grist.
my dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach. <laughs>